0: Welcome to the African History Network show right here on 9, 10 a.m. The Super Station, the future radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotep. It is Thursday, September 2nd, 2021. And we are live. Hope everybody's doing well. It's been a very, very busy day. And we're coming up on uh, Labor Day. So it's been... Uh, Hectic day uh, covering these stories and getting ready to uh, teach my online courses uh, for this weekend, also. All right, so on today's show, uh, we got this uh, breaking news story that came out earlier today. Uh, and it's an update in the Ahmad Arbery case. Update in the Ahmad Arbery case. Uh, Maad Iberi was uh, chased by three white men. who remember uh, back in 2020. Uh, I think that was 2020. And he was uh, shot and killed in Georgia. Okay. And the, the, the story made national headlines. Um, the prosecutor in the case, The uh, original prosecutor uh, in the case has been indicted by a grand jury um, because uh, the prosecutor is accused of helping shield suspects in the fatal shooting of Ahmaud Arbery. Uh, The prosecutor, the ex-prosecutor, now the ex-prosecutor, Jackie Johnson, District Attorney Jackie Johnson, is accused of violating her oath of office and obstructing uh, police after Ahmad Aberry's death in February 2020. Okay, we're going to talk about this. This is a big development in the case. And also, uh, there was uh, another update in the case that came out uh, a couple days ago. And this dealt with... Uh, Aman Abery's background being able to um, be admitted uh, in the trial, okay, in the trial of the three men who are uh, accused of killing him. There was an update from uh, Atlantablackstar.com dot com that I saw, and I saw some some other outlets as well. Um neither relevant nor admissible neither relevant nor admissible judge says defense attorneys for men charged in ahmaud arbery's death can't present evidence of his past legal troubles during trial can't present evidence of his past legal troubles uh during trial okay so this is uh an important development also Because oftentimes when you have an African-American victim, when you actually have an African-American victim, and we saw this with George Floyd, uh, especially when it's white people or white police officers who are accused of killing the African-American person, they will try character assassination to justify killing them. Okay, as if they knew this person's whole history and their whole background when you killed them. So we'll talk about that as well. Let's say uh, that's an important update also. This is a story from Atlanta Uh Neither relevant nor admissible. Judge says defense attorneys for men Charged in Ahmad Ahberry's death can't present evidence of his past legal troubles during trial. All right, so we'll discuss that. Then uh, there was a story, I saw a number of articles dealing with this, and this deals with HBCUs. Uh, Over 20 HBCUs. are using COVID-19 relief funds to wipe out student debt. Okay? Over 20 HBCUs, historically black colleges and universities are using uh, COVID-19 relief funds that were in the $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan that no Republicans voted for. The $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan is helping out people regardless of their race or regardless of their political affiliation, what have you. Um, NBC News uh, has an article dealing with this. And and I saw um, one W.O.L. I saw I saw a number of different stories uh, dealing with this topic. It's a really, really good story. But this also ties into how elections have consequences. Number one, how elections have consequences. Number two. This also highlights the, uh, racial wealth disparities, uh, median household, uh, wealth and things like this. And we know that, uh, African American college students, uh, African American college graduates, uh, carry about 25,000 more, uh, dollars in debt, student loan debt than white college graduates after, um, Um, this is after a bachelor's degree. They carry about 25,000 more dollars in debt. HBCU's clear student balances and cancel debt with federal funds. And one of the, uh, in the story, one of the main schools highlighted was Clark Atlanta University, but Howard University is doing this as well. Um, it's a number of schools that are doing this, and they're giving their students a fresh start. Wilberforce in Ohio, Hampton University, uh, Grambling State University. So with 20 HBCUs that are taking advantage of this. Now, the reason why this these funds exist is because African-Americans and Latinos and Asian-Americans and some uh, white people who have some sense went out and voted for Joe Biden in the 2020 presidential election and voted for Democrats to take control of the U.S. Senate. They have a slim majority in the Senate. It's a 50-50 majority with Vice President Kamala Harris having a tie-breaking vote on bills that require 51 votes. Many of them require 60 votes. But if it wasn't for that you wouldn't have these funds. So we're going to talk about this. This deals with how elections have consequences and this ties into economics as well. Everybody talks about tangibles, but can't really tell you what that means and how to get it. Things like this. This is an example of tangibles. Okay. Wiping out student debt. This ties into economics. Black graduates owe an average one of the things they talked about here in the uh, study, and then this is connected to um, Black Women's Equal Pay Day as well, that we talked about uh, uh, in August last month Black Women's Equal Pay Day. Black college graduates owe an average of $25,000 more in student loan debt than white college grads, and over 50% of black borrowers say their net worth is less than what they owe on student loans, their net worth is less than what they owe on student loans, meaning they owe more student loans than their net worth is. So we'll discuss that as well. Now, there was a story uh, from August 30th, 2021. Many people saw this. This was, I, I watched it take place live. Okay, I watched it take place live. On MSNBC it involves uh, Shaquille Brewster okay not Shaquille O'Neal okay but Shaquille Brewster Shaquille Brewster is a reporter African-American reporter for MSNBC kind of young guy he's a graduate of Howard University okay and he was minding his own business reporting about Hurricane Ida in Mississippi He's minding his own business. And I, I saw it happen live, okay? This this crazy white man came up and started harassing Shaquille Brewster while he's doing his job reporting on Hurricane Ida. All right? And what happened was he uh, got in his face and uh, started berating him. And Shaquille put his, he's holding his microphone. He's trying to maintain his composure. He's talking to, he's talking to um, uh, uh, Craig Melvin. Craig Melvin's back at the studio. And he's trying to maintain his composure. He said, Craig, we're going to, we're going to, I'm going to hand it back over to you. We got crazies out here, like this guy right here. So the guy gets in uh, Shaquille Brewster's face. This is live. MSNBC so the story goes viral Roland Martin talked about it on Roland Martin unfiltered numerous articles have been written about it all you have to do is google it okay the story goes viral you see the white guy in the back approaching the first time he, he comes and he, he walks actually past Shaquille Brewster and he says something and Shaquille moves over and they reset the shot and then the guy comes back and gets right in his face well, this is a, this is a, an Ohio man. Um an arrest warrant was issued out for him. Okay? This he has to be one of the dumbest criminals. Has to be one of the dumbest criminals because you did it live on cable news and the story went viral. Okay, so he's a Ohio man named Benjamin Eugene Dagley. Uh, an arrest warrant was issued for him. OK. For uh, the confrontation he had with Shaquille Brewster, an arrest, arrest an arrest warrant was issued for him. And he's been arrested. We're going to talk about that. He also has a criminal record as well. Imagine that. He's one of the dumbest criminals. I mean, you're gonna do it on, while they're rolling. You're you're gonna do it while they're broadcasting. I'm not sure who he voted for in last presidential election. Well, I'm I'm not sure if he can vote, I don't know. Maybe he can't vote, but I'm pretty sure he's a Trump supporter. I will bet my bottom dollar he's a Trump supporter. So we're gonna talk about this. He got busted. America's dumbest criminals okay put 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 uh put benjamin uh put benjamin in the hall of fame benjamin eugene dagley put him in the hall of fame is one of the dumbest criminals he is also suspected of a probation violation authority said oh yeah we're gonna talk about him (laughs) yeah we're gonna talk about him also we'll, we'll do an update on the r kelly trial there was a segment of uh, make, um, uh, make the Case with Yodit Tawode on the Black News Channel, where she talked to um, a, a African-American female college professor about the, uh, a law professor, about the trial, uh, Tiffany Jeffers. She talked to Tiffany Jeff- Jeffers about the trial. And one of the things, uh, Tiffany Jeffers is a... a Georgetown University law school professor. But one of the things they talked about is the trauma of victims reliving the attack when they have to testify. And they talked about African-American women not being believed, African-American women not being believed when um, they testify also. And in court, especially situations like this. OK, so we'll talk about that as well. All right, listen to the African History Network show right here on 9, 10 a.m. The Superstation, of Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes.
1: Black on Purpose Television Network. Yes, Black on Purpose Television Network. All black, all positive, all the time. The largest black-owned streaming television network in the world. Bringing our people together worldwide. Controlling our messages, our stories, our way. Black TV the way it should be. Black music, black history, and more. 30 plus channels, thousands of shows. Black on Purpose Television Network. Subscribe
2: now. Hi, I'm Joel Wilson, President and CEO of JCW Computer Consulting, LLC, a technology implementation firm with over 20 years of satisfying customers. We offer a full spectrum of industry top-tier branded services. We are an authorized partner or reseller for Lenovo, Zoom, T-Mobile, Microsoft 365 and Surface tablets, Google Workspace, Acer, Asus, Samsung, Matic security software, and many more. Our online store features laptops, Chromebooks, computers, printers, accessories, and software. Businesses, take advantage of our free one-hour Zoom tech consultation and know we offer top nationwide high-speed internet service providers, voiceover IP, and cellular phone services. Home users, don't miss our current in-stock Chromebook inventory. Please visit us at jcwcc.com or call 215-879-6701.
0: Network show we do with current events in history and politics, education, economic department, entrepreneurship, relationships, love, sex, health issues, and much, much more. Unfortunately, many people confuse what racism means. Racism is a power structure. That so laws and policies that put us in this predicament It's going to be laws and policies that take advantage of When you control the radius of a man or woman's thoughts, you control the compass of his or her actions because the mind can't do a piece better No, We have it all. A against
2: 910 the superstation detroit's only
3: african-american talk radio
0: welcome back to the african history network show right here on Nine Ten a.m superstation the future radio i'm your host brother michael m hotel it is thursday september 2nd 2021 and we are live calling numbers 313-778-7600 Is the call in number if you have a question or comment? 313 778 7600 uh, is the call in number if you have a question or comment. All right, now on the African History Network show, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world because right now it's correct for wrong behavior. What you do for yourself, what you do to yourself, and what you allow other people to do to you and get away with, based upon what you think about yourself, what you think about yourself is based upon what you have been taught about yourself, what you've been taught about yourself based upon everything you've read, heard, and seen about yourself. So when you control the radius of a man or a woman's thoughts, you can control the compass of his or her actions because the mind can't do or teach what it doesn't know. Now, we deal with a number of different topics here on the African History Network. Show we deal with current events in history and politics, education, economic empowerment, entrepreneurship, relationships, love, sex, health issues, and much, much more. Sign up for our email newsletter. Text the word KEMET, K-E-M-E-T the 22828 to sign up for our email newsletter. Also text the word KEMET, K-E-M-E-T, the 22828 to sign up for our email newsletter. Or visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, and sign up for the email newsletter there as well, okay? And you can support the African History Network, uh, dollar sign, The AHN Show through Cash App, dollar sign, The AHN Show through Cash App, and also through PayPal, paypal.me, forward slash The AHN Show, paypal.me forward slash the AHN show. All right, I want to jump into uh, uh, this first story here. This is uh, dealing with uh, Ahmad Arbery and its uh, update to the case. So um, I, I first got this story from the Washington Post. It was uh, a, a breaking news story. Uh, that came uh today uh, from the Washington Post. Former prosecutor indicted, and let's pull this up here. All right. Former prosecutor uh indicted over Ahmad Iberry case, accused of helping shield suspects in fatal shooting. Okay. Accused of helping shield suspects uh, in fatal shooting. All right, now let's see here. Hold on. Okay, let's get the right Chiron up here. All right. So when we look at this story, uh, I, I remember the, the, all the details of the story uh, back from February 2020, and as the details unfolded, and it was a it was a crazy story. The Local prosecutor didn't want to prosecute the case. And uh, we remember the story, and one of the uh, alleged uh, murderers uh, is a former police officer as well, okay, who worked in the uh, district attorney's uh, office, okay. So there were allegations of preferential treatment. So if we look at the story here, from uh the Washington Post. Also, the uh, Associated Press picked up the story as well. A grand jury on Thursday indicted a former uh, Georgia prosecutor over her handling of Ahmad Auberry's uh, over uh, over the handling of Ahmad Auberry's fatal shooting on allegations. She helped shield men now charged with murder in a case that went for months without arrest. In a case that went for months uh, without arrest. Now, ex-Brunswick judicial circuit district attorney, Jackie Johnson, who is a white female, okay? Ex-Brunswick judicial circuit district attorney, Jackie Johnson, is accused of violating her oath of office and obstructing police after the African American man's death in February of 2020. A viral video of white men chasing and shooting 25-year-old Ahmad Auberry. They also hit him with a vehicle as well. Uh, 25-year-old Ahmad Auberry drew comparisons to a lynching, okay, because that's what it was, sparking public demands for accountability. And also accusations of a cover-up, accusations of a cover-up by local authorities. Now, you're in Georgia, okay, this, this sounded like some good old boys uh, thought they were going to uh, catch him and teach him a lesson or what have you, whatever they thought they were going to do, and they thought they were going to get away with it. They thought they were going to get away with it. Keep in mind, Georgia, and I've said this here on the show before, you know, I like going to Atlanta. I don't know. Other places in Georgia I don't want to go, but I like going. I like going to Atlanta. Um, Keep in mind, Georgia has the largest Confederate monument in this country. It's called Stone Mountain. Georgia, a former Confederate state, one of those states that took up arms against the Union to, to maintain slavery. Georgia has the largest Confederate monument in the country called Stone. You have to understand the mentality of some people in in Georgia, some white people in Georgia. And I'm not saying all white people are like this, but uh, I think it applies here. Okay, I think it applies here because also. There are reports that as Ahmad lay dying on the ground, one of one of these good old boys called him an N-word as well. That was that was information that came out. Also, if you if you're not familiar with Stone Mountain in Georgia, and I've been to the top of Stone Mountain, uh, check out this article here from uh, SmithsonianMag.com, which website the Smithsonian Institute, and this is called uh, "What Will Happen to Stone Mountain?" Let's see. Hold on, let's pull this up. What will happen to Stone Mountain, America's largest Confederate monument? What will happen to Stone Mountain, America's largest Confederate monument? The Georgia landmark is a testament to the enduring legacy of white supremacy. This is this is what is on the side of Stone Mountain. It's a huge mountain and on the side of carvings, the three Confederate uh with the they were called Confederate heroes, but they're traitors. Um Confederate supporters, we call them Confederate heroes, General Robert E. Lee, um, Thomas Stonewall Jackson, and Jefferson Davis. Jefferson Davis was the president of the Confederacy. He was from Mississippi. And Jefferson Davis. Okay, this is what's there right now in uh, Georgia. I'm not talking about what was there in uh, 1877 or what was there in 1887 or 1897 is there right now. Okay, in Georgia, the largest Confederate monument in this country. Then, when you get to the top of Stone Mountain, there's a souvenir shop at the top of Stone Mountain. In the souvenir shop, uh, on all of the keychains and pennants and mugs and glasses and all that stuff on all all of the memorabilia and merchandise are these three traders to the union. Is the carving, is the relief, the images of these three traders to the union. That's what's there right now, the stone mountain. So you, you, you have to understand the mentality of some people in Georgia. Then also keep in mind, Georgia is where they passed Senate Bill S-202. Okay, the voter restriction bill, voter suppression bill, after uh, Joe Biden won uh, Georgia, and after Reverend Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff won the Senate seats and defeated the two uh, Republicans, okay, then Republicans come back with these voter restriction bills, Senate Bill 202 to suppress the vote. So all this is connected. All right, now let's go back. I want to go back to uh, this article here. Let's pull this back up. Okay, so a viral video of a white man chasing and shooting twenty-five-year-old Ahmaud Aubery drew comparisons to a lynching, sparking public demands for accountability and also accusations of a cover-up by local authorities. Now, Maud Arbery soon became a rallying cry in a massive racial justice movement ignited by the murder of George Floyd, which was May 25th, 2020, as protests sought justice in the high profile killings of African-Americans. All right. And then, you know, when the protests were taking place in the summer of, of 2020, They were talking about Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor and George Floyd and and others. But those are like three of the main ones. Okay. Now what's taking place right now with the attack on critical race theory and people getting people talking about, they don't want critical race theory taught in school, but critical race theory is not taught in K through 12 schools and the attack on voting rights, attacking voting rights of African Americans and, and Latinos and things like this. This is all a backlash to the protests that were taking place all across the country june 2020 this stuff is connected it's not separate no this is directly this is the backlash you the pendulum swung in this direction okay with the protests and uh in 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 various uh cities and various states they're making they're uh, uh making changes to uh how law enforcement is done and things like this and you have The George Floyd Justice and Policing Act trying to get passed. You have the Voting Rights Act, uh, John Lewis Voting Rights Act trying to get passed. Okay, the backlash to all that was the attack on critical race theory, spearheaded by Donald Trump with his executive order in September 2020. With his executive order in September 2020 uh, banning uh, very different types of diversity training for federal employees and things like this. That was the impetus of it. Okay, there was an article from uh NBC News.com that breaks this down and shows how all this is connected. Okay, read this article. We talked about this here on this show before. See, all this gossip, BS, and all this stuff, we don't deal with that on this show. We deal like real, real substance. Okay, when you can't deal with real substance, you got to deal with all that superfluous nonsense. How Trump ignited the fight over critical race theory in schools. All this is connected. See, as Dr. Francis Crest Wilson and nearly Fuller correctly taught us, if you do not understand European white supremacy and racism, what it is and how it works, everything else that you think that you understand will totally confuse you. If you do not understand European white supremacy and racism, what it is and how it works, everything else that you think that you understand will totally confuse you, okay? All right, 313-778-7600 is the calling number if you have a question or comment. So if you go read this article here, how Trump ignited the fight over critical race theory in schools. Uh, Republican lawmakers across the country have proposed bills to ban critical race theory in K through 12 schools. Here's what that really means because K through 12 is not taught. I mean, it, critical race theory is not taught in K through 12 schools. But this goes back to. September, 2020, I think it was September, 2020, yeah, the proposed policies. So if you look at this conservative leaders have been accused of using the decades old academic term, critical race theory, initially intended to recognize the systemic racism inherent in American life. Conservatives have been used uh, have been accused of using the term critical race theory as a catch all for anti-racism and diversity efforts as a catch all for anti-racism and diversity efforts. Basically, whatever whatever it is, they don't like dealing with the teaching of systemic racism in school, trying to educate children on systemic racism, teaching them about slavery. Uh, teach them about white supremacy, things like this, all that. Just they just put that under the umbrella of critical race theory because they don't want they don't want to deal with none of that stuff. Okay, And and then many of them say systemic racism doesn't exist, etc. Now, the proposed policies mimic former President Donald Trump, the trade in chief Benedict Donald. They mimic his September 22 memo ordering the Office of Management and Budget, ordering the Office of Management and Budget to stop funding training on critical race theory for federal employees, calling it a quote-unquote propaganda effort, calling it a propaganda effort. That's where the real fight started, September 2020. That's after the protests out in the streets for George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor and the Black Lives Matter protests, things like this, this the, the 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 fight over critical race theory and this fake fight over critical race theory is a backlash to the to the to the social justice movement. That's a backlash to the social justice movement. Around the same time, the trader in chief Benedict Donald. Condemned the 1619 Project, a Pulitzer Prize winning 2019 New York Times report led by a reporter Nicole Hannah-Jones that holds that America was truly founded not in 1776, but in 1619 when the first enslaved people were brought to the colonies. Even though the Spanish were taking Africans into the territory we call South Carolina and Georgia in 1526. okay, that is 93 years before 1619. All right, and it's also true that African people were in this land going back at least fifty one thousand seven hundred years ago, as we talked about here on this show numerous times, and the uh, a book from my friend Dr. David M. Hotel, "The First Americans Were Africans," documented evidence thoroughly documents that history. Okay, so, uh, so you had the, the, the that fake seventeen seventy six project that Donald Trump initiated. Now, when the um, the educators embraced the uh, educators embraced this message from the 1619 project and began utilizing the project and looking for resources to teach a more holistic history of the country, to teach a more holistic history of the country. Oh, but that's a problem. That's a problem when you really want to start telling the truth of the origins of this country. okay? because now you're letting the white supremacist. Uh, cat out the bag. They want to keep it in the bag. Donald Trump rebuked the project as a warped, distorted portrayal of American history. Both the memo that he uh, signed and this attack sparked the commission of the 1776 report meant to combat the contents of the 1619 project. The countrywide uprisings in the wake of George Floyd's death only fueled the matter with the pundits debating the nation's fraught history of racism. This, see, see the, this whole fight over critical race theory and then that critical race theory fight, then that leads to the big lie after Trump loses the 2020 presidential election. You had the big lie the big line gives way to the January 6th insurrection. The January 6th insurrection gives way to these 400 plus voter restriction bills being pushed in 49 state legislatures, okay? Trying to suppress the votes of African-Americans, Latinos, Asian-Americans, uh, young, uh, younger white college students, all different types of things like this. All this is connected. Thus, although President Joe Biden reversed Donald Trump's initial ban in January, the seed had been planted. The seed had been planted. Okay, read read this whole th- read the rest of this article here. All all this is connected. How Trump ignited the fight over critical race theory in schools. Okay, that's from NBCNews.com. All right now. Let's go back to this here. All right, so uh, Ahmad Auberry soon became a rallying cry in massive racial justice movement uh, ignited by the murder of George Floyd as protests sought justice and high-profile killings of African Americans. Now, Thursday's indictment of uh, former prosecutor Jackie Johnson showed... The uh, Thursday's indictment of Jackie Johnson says that she showed, quote unquote, favor and affection, favor and affection uh, to suspect Greg McMichael, who was previously an investigator in her office and also failed to treat Ahmad Arbery. She failed their legend. She also failed to treat Ahmad Arbery and his family family fairly, and with dignity when she sought help from another district attorney now also under investigation who argued the shooting was justified before recusing himself oh you think so it was just they were justified in chasing him down with guns telling him to stop he he was under no obligation to stop the the law that they were using, trying to use for citizens arrest, all that, that applies to like retail, like at a retail store or something like that. He's jogging. They suspect that he was somebody who broke into a house that was under construction. They had no evidence of that. So I'm telling you right now, uh, I, I'm not from Detroit. I'm from uh, I'm not from Georgia. I'm from Detroit. If 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 I'm if I'm jogging and three white men come chasing me with guns, talking about stop, you think ain't no way in the hell I'm stopping. No. Now, Johnson is also Jackie Johnson, former prosecutor. Is also accused of obstructing. uh, Law enforcement by directing that Greg McMichael's son, Travis McMichael. Another one accused in the murder of George Floyd, I mean, uh, Ahmaud Arbery, Travis McMichael should not be arrested, quote, contrary to the laws of Georgia. Okay, now, former prosecutor Jackie Johnson is also accused of obstructing law enforcement by directing that Greg McMichael's son, Travis McMichael, should not be arrested, quote, contrary to the laws of Georgia. Now, Esley Merritt, attorney Esley Merritt, who is a, a, a attorney for the family of Ahmad Aubrey, said, "From my perspective, this is historic. Okay." And he said, "The uh, criminal charges stand out among cases he has handled. These criminal charges stand out among cases he has handled." He said, "quote We rarely see, and I've never seen." Accountability for a prosecutor who interfered in an investigation. We rarely see, and I've never seen, accountability for a prosecutor who has interfered in an investigation. Now, uh, ex-Brunswick prosecutor Jackie Johnson, who voters out of office last fall because that's in a position and when you have uh, rogue prosecutors like that, you can organize and vote them out of office. You don't have to keep taking that nonsense. She could not immediately be reached for comment. Imagine that. And it is not clear if she has an attorney. She has denied wrongdoing in Ahmaud Arbery's case. Now, violation of oath for a, pub- for a public officer is a felony carrying a sentence of one to five years in prison while obstructing and hindering a law enforcement officer is a misdemeanor carrying a sentence of up to 12 months, according to Georgia attorney general's office, according to the Georgia attorney general's office, which said it presented evidence to a Glenn County grand jury over multiple months. All right. Now the Michaels and their neighbor, William Roddy Bryan, and, 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 and little Roddy, he had, he held a press conference with his wife sitting next to him on the couch. And he said he was just a bystander. He ain't had nothing to do with that. You know, he was just walking by and yeah, you know, Oh, they, they were just chasing this guy. So I thought I'll just film it. He said, Oh no, but come to find out you were involved in it, Roddy. You were involved in it. Maybe, maybe you've have, have amnesia or something. I don't know. Now the McMichaels in their and their neighbor, William Roddy Bryan, just three good old boys. Never meeting no harm beats all you ever saw get in trouble with the law since the day they were born. They are set to face trial on murder charges this fall. They also face federal hate crime charges accused of racially profiling Ahmad Arbery as he jogged through the Satilla Shores, a neighborhood of, of coastal Brunwick, Brunswick, Georgia. Prosecutors have portrayed the men as vigilantes. And William Roddy Bryan, who filmed the fatal confrontation on his uh, cell phone, told investigators that Travis Michael used the N-word after shooting Ahmaud Arbery. As Ahmaud Arbery laid that lay dying there on the ground, Travis Michael called him an N-word. Just some good old boys. Never meaning no harm. Be tall you ever saw get in trouble with the law since the day they were born. Uh, a claim, McMichael's lawyers deny. Now the defendants argue they pursued Ahmad Ibarra in the belief he was behind break-ins and acted in self-defense. But there was white people who were on camera going into the house that was under construction that you said Ahmad broke into. There's numerous white people who went in there to see what was going on. It was the house under construction. How many white people did you chase down? How many white people did you shoot? How many white people did you hit with your vehicles? I'm just curious. Now, video captured mod Aubrey and Travis McMichael struggling before Aubrey was shot. Aubrey's mother, Wanda Cooper Jones, said in an interview Thursday evening that she had quote a happy moment for once when Georgia General a Georgia, a Georgia Attorney General Chris Carr called to tell her about the indictment. She said, I don't, I don't think he will get justice. I don't think, I, I don't think we will get justice. I don't think we will get justice. Okay. So read the rest of this. She, she also wants the death penalty for these three as well. I can't say I blame her. You know, Robin Harris said, gotta go, gotta go. I can't say I blame her. For, read this article from the Washington Post. Former prosecutor indicted over Ahmad Arbery case, accused of helping shield suspects in fatal shooting imagine that okay th- then we had this story um speaking of crazy uh, crazy uh, people we had this story out of uh, Mississippi of all places I mean Mississippi the same place we had 581 lynchings uh, from 1882 to 1960 uh, about 1968. Uh, 581 lynchings, 4,743 lynchings in the country from about 1882 to 1968. Mississippi had the most number of lynchings. So we all heard about this story about Shaquille Brewster, okay? reporter for MSNBC News. This is a good guy, Shaquille Brewster. I watch him all the time. Uh, we're going to go to this clip here. Shaquita, I think it's clip one. Secure brewster so he's out there minding his own business doing his job for msnbc report reporting on the hurricane okay and uh this this idiot comes up he, he actually this idiot actually drives up okay you got to see this this idiot actually drives up he's in a white pickup truck okay when you watch the video you see the white pickup truck drive out Drive up, you see him get out on the driver's side, walks around the car, he starts walking towards Shaquille Brewster, who's there minding his own business reporting on the hurricane. Okay? So he walks past him, as he's walking past him, he says something to him. All right? Then Shaquille keeps going and he says, Look, we're going to move over because you got crazies out here. Then he comes and gets up in Shaquille's face. All right? I, I want to go to this clip here. Let's go to uh, clip one, Shakita.
2: Shaquille Brewster, and uh, I believe Shaq's in Mississippi. Shaq, what part of Mississippi are you you in, and what are you seeing? Gulfport. We're in Gulfport, Mississippi, Craig, and I'll tell you the biggest sign, the biggest indicator that I saw this morning about the force of the storm last night is that The mail delivery has returned. We saw postal workers going out delivering mail this morning just a couple of minutes ago. People were walking their dogs. They're back on the beach right now. And that's the sense that you're getting that. The rain has stopped. The wind is still going there. I think we even have a random person going around. You know, I'm going to turn this way because, you know, we deal with some people every once in a while. But, uh, you know, one thing that we are noticing is that the mayor said the curfew is still in effect. The curfew is going to be going on for uh, at least a, until a period of time in which they can go ahead and go and survey all the damage. They did get some reports with some down power lines of some trees that have fallen, or at least limbs that have fallen. So they're going to go ahead and do that survey to make sure that they're okay. Craig, I'm going to talk it back to you because we have a person yeah. who needs more yeah. help right now. Yeah. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're going to check in with Shad just to make sure all as well uh there's a lot of crazy out there a lot of crazy and uh, bill karen's thank you as well again we'll make sure shaq's okay I, I do want to note here for a moment you probably saw or heard a few moments ago uh one of our correspondents was disrupted uh, by, by some wacky guy uh, during his live shot there in mississippi uh, please report that shaquille Booster is doing just fine shaq he's okay
0: all right, so that that was from uh, August thirtieth, okay, MSNBC. Now this is live. I'm sitting there watching it live. I'm sitting. I'm right here where I'm always am, and the TV's on right now. It's on MSNBC right now. It's just muted, and I'm watching it live. I'm like, wait a second. So then I go back and watch the video, and you can see the car. You can see the, the pickup truck pull up. Of course, if he drive the pickup truck, you see the pickup truck pull up. I don't know if he was had snuff in his mouth. And you see him get out and walk towards Shaquille Brewster. Shaquille's mind his own business, okay? And then he walks past him, says something, and comes back and gets in his face. Well, um, they put out an arrest warrant for Benjamin. And then they arrested Benjamin. Benjamin's been arrested. Deadline.com. So, so NBC News, of course, has a story about this. Uh, but uh, Deadline. So, NBC News, the story from NBC News is arrest warrant issued for Ohio man. Let's pull this up here. Arrest warrant issued for Ohio man accused of confronting NBC Shaquille Brewster on live TV. They put his name out there and everything, Benjamin. Okay, his name is, is uh, we'll pull this up here. Uh, his name is Benjamin Eugene Dagley, is also suspected of a probation violation authority said. Oh, you think if he's on probation, You think he would like be a good boy, but no, not Ben. No, no, he didn't didn't want to do that. All right. So Mississippi police issued an arrest warrant Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday was uh, August 31st for, for an Ohio man who they say confronted NBC news Shaquille Brewster on live TV. Okay. He works for NBC news and MSNBC. The man, Benjamin Eugene Dagley, of Wooster, Ohio. Whoop, there it is. Ohio. Wooster, Ohio. W O O S T E R. I never heard of, I've been in Ohio. I ain't never heard of Wooster. Okay. He will be charged with two counts of simple assault, one count of disturbing the peace, and one count of violating an emergency curfew. Okay. He should be, uh, um, should have one count of being a in total jackass also they should have that on there too but <laughs> okay th- now this is what gulfport police said in the statement okay he'll be charged with two counts of simple assault one count of disturbing the peace and one count of violating an emergency curfew all right now those watching on uh our facebook fan page the african history network the african history network and our youtube channel michael M. Hotep. I am Keep watching. We're going to keep broadcasting for a few more minutes. while lot of time here on Nats AM Superstation WFDF. Visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. You can register for the classes I teach on Saturdays and Sundays, the online courses. Remember, right now is correct wrong behavior. It's not over till we win. We're we'll kind forever. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. All right. Stand by. Stand by. Okay, let's continue with this here. Okay, um, so yeah, visit our website africanhistorynetwork.com, dot African com. Network com. We have the information there for the uh, online course I teach from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, eighteen sixty five to nineteen sixty eight. We do this on Saturdays. We have a class starting up uh, Saturday. Class number one uh, is a ten week online course. And we deal with history from uh, at the last year of the Civil War uh, through 1968, okay? Reconstruction, Jim Crow era, this, uh, World War One, World War II, Civil Rights Movement, Black Power Movement. Uh, visit africanhistorynetwork.com. Class is regularly $130 on sale, $80. Okay, let's continue here. Uh, I want to go back to this story, and then we're going to uh, deal with the— uh, I want to deal quickly with the story dealing with HBCUs. We'll probably talk about this again tomorrow. For HBCUs uh, canceling student debt. Um, I'll, I'll be on Roland Martin Unfiltered on Friday. Okay, I'll be on Roland Martin Unfiltered Friday, and um, we'll share some of the topics from Roland Martin Unfiltered um, here on tomorrow's show. Okay, now he could also be in violation, Benjamin uh, Benjamin Eugene Dagley of Wooster, Ohio. Whoop! There it is. He could also be in violation uh, of his probation in Cuyahoga County, Ohio, if he traveled without authorization. Police said if he traveled without authorization. Now, Dagley had not been arrested by late Tuesday afternoon and he could not be immediately reached at publicly listed telephone numbers. I don't think Dagley wants to talk to anybody. Uh, His ex-wife in Ohio declined comment. Court documents in Ohio showed uh, the 54 year old pleaded guilty to vandalism, pleaded guilty to vandalism, inducing panic and attempted assault stemming from a 2017 commercial break in. Okay, he pleaded guilty. uh, He's 54 years old. He pleaded guilty to vandalism, inducing panic and attempted assault. Now, he w- was sentenced to five years probation and 30 days in jail to go along with a $5,000 fine and $10,000 restitution to Cleveland Plating. Okay, sounds like a company, Cleveland Plating. Now, the business is an electroplating company that Benjamin Dagley once owned, according to uh, a report by Cleveland.com. Now, Dagley was arrested on suspicion of drilling holes into tanks of dangerous chemicals, okay? He was arrested on suspicion of drilling holes into tanks of dangerous chemicals, okay? He doesn't sound like he's wrapped too tight. Representatives for Cleveland police and Cuyahoga County prosecutors could not be reached for comment Tuesday afternoon and Wednesday morning, all right? Now, the lawyer who represented Dagley in that case could not be immediately reached for comment on Wednesday morning. Okay, I'm not sure what his attorney was doing. You know, I don't know. Maybe he's busy defending other idiots. I'm not sure. But anyway. So it wasn't immediately clear why Benjamin Dagley was in Gulfport, Mississippi. Nearly one thousand miles south of Wooster, Ohio, and in the middle of a major storm. Now, maybe his GPS, maybe his GPS was just going crazy, and he was just following his GPS, and it and it just took him in the wrong direction. It took him south, and you know, it's, it's an honest mistake. I mean, you know, happens to all of us. You end up going a thousand miles away from home, and you know. <laughs> Next thing you know, you're in Mississippi. (laughs) He's he's supposed to be in Ohio. Next thing you know, you're in Mississippi. It happens to everybody. (laughs) Now, Shaquille Brewster was doing a live MSNBC shot from Gulfport, Mississippi, reporting on Tropical Storm Ida in coastal Mississippi. Uh, When a man pulled up in a white pickup truck and sprinted toward him, the man got in Shaquille Brewster's face before Brewster calmly Ended this uh, report. The man could be heard shouting at Brewster to report accurately, report accurately. Well, how do you know he's not reporting accurately? He's reporting on a hurricane. Is it, is it, see, this sounds like a dumbass Trump supporter. That's what that sounds like. Report accurately. You're going to you're going to get in his face and yell at him, telling him to report accurately. How do you know he's not reporting accurately? He's reporting on a hurricane. So Deadline.com has an update to this story. The police they have arrested Benjamin. You know, so this is why, you know, people say defund the police. I'm like, no, don't defund all of them. You need someone. You need to go, go get crazy ass people like this right here. You know, this is why you need the police. Go get crazy dumbasses like him. Um, Deadline.com had this story. I'm going to try to pull it up here. Where is that? Yeah. Deadline.com man identified in on air MSNBC confrontation arrested in Ohio. Criminal charges filed. So I'm glad they kept rolling the video. You know, if you're going to confront somebody, I'm glad you did it. I'm glad you did it on camera like that. If you're going to confront somebody, you're going to jump into somebody's face. Oh, I'm I'm glad they kept the camera. You know, shout out to the cameraman. I don't know who the cameraman was. Shout out to the cameraman. Kept rolling, right? Caught all of it. Uh, Let me see here. Hold on. Let's see. Let me pick this up from uh, Deadline.com. Let's flip over to this here. Okay. Let's look at this. Can we have a conversation about reparations? Uh, We talk about reparations here. Now, when we deal with reparations, we deal with legal arguments for reparations. Most of the other stuff people are talking about, you're not going to get reparations going that way. If if we're not talking about how to get 218 votes in the the House of Representatives and 60 votes in the Senate and... When we talk about reparations i really don't know what people are talking about that's just to be honest because reparations is a legislative process you need 218 votes in the house of representatives and you have 190 right now and no republicans in the house of representatives support reparations there's only democrats and you need 60 votes in the senate and if you have 50 democrats that means you need 10 republicans so Whatever conversation you have around reparations should be around getting the bill passed through the House of Representatives and through the U.S. Senate. And America needs a massive history lesson because Americans are woefully ignorant of history. This is why you have these fights over uh, critical race theory that's not even taught in K-12 through schools. Because a lot of people don't want the history of slavery and white supremacy and that taught. So if they don't want the history taught, you think you think they're going to let reparations be paid out? No. See, the, the the other side of the reparations argument is people don't talk about the lawsuits that are going to happen in court to block reparations if it even passes, which is not under the current conditions. They ain't, you know, you can get 10 Republicans to vote for the one point nine trillion dollar American rescue plan. You think you're going to get 10 to vote for reparations? But there's a, there's, we have to understand the process to get this and the legal arguments, because most of these arguments people are making are not even legal arguments. All right, man identified in an on-air Mississippi confrontation, arrested in Ohio, criminal charges filed, update. They got a mugshot shot here. He takes a good mugshot. shot, shot. I got to hand it to Benjamin. Okay. Uh, U.S. Marshals arrested Benjamin Eugene Dagley on Thursday, September 2nd, uh, can we? Okay. They arrested him on Thursday at a shopping plaza in Dayton, Ohio, and the Gulfport Police Department in Mississippi has filed criminal charges against the man that says uh, a constant MSNBC reporter should kill Brewster during an on-air live segment Monday. Dagley was charged by the Gulfport police with two counts of simple assault, one count of disturbing the peace and one count of violating an emergency curfew. Simple assault typically involves minor injury or a limited threat of violence. Simple assault typically involves minor injury or a limited threat of violence. Now, the arrest was announced by U.S. Marshal Pete Elliott, at Ohio's Wayne County Sheriff uh, Travis Hutchinson and and Ohio's Wayne County uh, Sheriff Travis Hutchinson, who said in a press release that Dagley was arrested in the shopping plaza after authorities located his white pickup truck in the parking lot. Authorities located his white pickup truck in the parking lot. Now, Elliot said in a statement, quote, due to assistance provided by the Wayne County Sheriff's Office, our task force, our task force members were able to track the fugitive from Mississippi to his arrest location in Dayton. So he drew from Mississippi back to Dayton, Ohio. Apparently he drove. This violent fugitive was attempting to flee from his charges in Gulfport, Mississippi. But the swift work of our task force members resulted in a timely arrest. That's what I'm talking about. We need more police like that. Go after these crazy ass people. That's what we need police for. That's that's what I want. That, <laughs> that's what I want right there. Now, Benjamin Dagley of Wooster, Ohio, Also, was wanted by the uh, Cuyahoga County Sheriff's Department in Ohio for a probation violation. The suspect is is believed to have violated his probation in Ohio by traveling to Mississippi, where he was caught on camera as he angrily approached NBC correspondent Shaquille Brewster. Now, see, you got to go watch the video. You got to go watch the video because when you watch the video. You can see his pickup truck pull up over to the side of the road. You can see it coming to the camera frame and he gets out and he's, he's a distance away. You see him back there. You see the pickup truck pull over, over to the side of the road. He gets out and he walks toward Shaquille Brewster. Shaquille wasn't bothering him at all. If he had just kept going, he'd be all right. But you wanted to be stupid. Okay. We got something for you. You wanted to be stupid. Okay? You're gonna jump bad, all this stuff, jump in the space, all that okay. <laughs> but he won't do that again. All right. You you remember on the 18th, Hannibal used to say, I love it when the plan comes together. <laughs> This is a happy ending right here, man. You know, I like this. <laughs> we need more stories like this. <laughs> so, according to Gulfport Police, the suspect on Monday was traveling in a Ford uh, truck, this is a pickup truck, white pickup truck, on Highway 90 during a citywide curfew caused by Hurricane Ida. After public assistance in identifying the man, public uh, police reviewed Benjamin Dagley's criminal history and contacted. Ohio's Cuyahoga County adult probation department regarding a potential violation of probation. One of the conditions of Dagley's probation is a travel restriction, a travel restriction. I, I still want to know what was he doing down in Mississippi. That's what I want to know. Now Gulfport police, and the, he gets in his face, he gets, Uh, Benjamin Dagley gets in Shaquille Bruce's face Dagley's not wearing a face mask I know you're outside but still you're going to come get in his face you know if you're going to be an idiot at least be polite about it wear a face mask there's COVID-19 going on you're in Mississippi Mississippi's a hot spot for COVID-19 if you're going to be an idiot about it at least you know protect yourself Now, Gulfport police said Tuesday that Benjamin Dagley will no longer will, was likely no longer on the Mississippi Gulf Coast and was traveling in a white 2016 Ford F-150 bearing Ohio license plate number PJR 1745, PJR 1745. The police asked anyone knowing of his whereabouts or spotting the truck to contact their local law enforcement agency. That's good police work right there. That's what I like that. Those type of police we need right there. Go after idiots like this. All right. So read the rest of this. Um, Rashida, they have a statement here by uh, Rashida Jones, MSNBC president, African-American woman, Rashida Jones. Let's look at this. Thing. She, she's talking about uh, Shaquille Brewster. Let's look at this. I don't know how people know it. How many people know of it? MSNBC, the president of MSNBC is an African-American woman, Rashida Jones. Rashida Jones, MSNBC president, later said in a statement, quote, Shaq Brewster is an exceptional journalist like the consummate professional. He did not let someone intimidate him from doing his job. We're glad he and the team are safe and we couldn't be more proud and supportive of their work. End quote. So read the rest of this article here. Man identified in on-air MSNBC confrontation arrested in Ohio. Criminal charges filed. Okay. This is from September 2nd, 2021. All right. Deadline.com. That's a great story right there. I love it when the plan comes together. <laughs> All right. Um let's see i will be speaking let's see well where, where will i be speaking um coming up September eighteenth the uh second annual detroit the the uh second annual detroit african cultural festival is taking place second annual detroit cultural festival is taking place uh this is taking place why did that flip over uh, this is taking place on uh, here in Detroit let me pull this back up something happened and the next flyer came up Wait a second let's go to this all right so this is taking place here in Detroit Um one, two, five, five, zero Avondale street. My Gentry park. One, two, five, five, zero Avondale street. My Gentry park. This is Friday, September 17th, Saturday, September 18th. Um, Friday is going to be uh, 12 noon to 6 PM. And Saturday 12 noon to 8 PM. Okay. It's free and open to the public. It's a great African cultural uh, festival. Uh, African drumming, African dance, uh, uh, African dance. Uh, they have uh, master classes, African drumming, kids corner, wellness corner, uh, vendors. African History Network will be a vendor there on Saturday. I'll be speaking on Saturday also. They'll have food trucks, live musical performances. Um, follow them on Facebook. Uh, follow them on Facebook at it's, uh Let me see. Let's pull, let's pull this up uh, on Facebook. Uh, Detroit ACF. Detroit ACF on Facebook. Detroit African Cultural Festival. Detroit ACF on Facebook. Okay. And they have more details there. We're going to get this information up also on our website, africanhistorynetwork.com, africanhistorynetwork.com. Let me go over to that Facebook page just a second here. Right here on Facebook. So it's a free event. Um, Detroit African Cultural Festival. Okay. The model on the flyer is the Soke E She's here in Detroit, daughter of Ahati Kalindi Iyi e and Jendai E. Very well known here in Detroit and Kalindi's known around the world. Kalindi was a friend of mine, master of the African martial arts. We had him here on the African History Network show a number of times, going back to my blog talk radio days. We uh, had Kalindi, I mean, Kalindi and I, uh, Brother Robert X and uh, Marduk Bill. We, we did lectures together. Okay, so we've got that story. Now, lastly, uh, let me squeeze in this story here. We're going to talk some more about this one dealing with the uh, HBCUs. We'll we'll talk about that some more tomorrow. Let me just squeeze this in a little bit here. Dealing with the HBCUs. This This is a great story also. Just a second here. All right. So you may have seen some stories dealing with HBCUs and it's over 20 of them that are using COVID-19 funds from the federal government to clear student debt, to clear student debt, to clear uh, student loan debt, to clear fees, different things like this. This This is a great story. HBCUs clear student balances and cancel debt with federal funds. Now, once again, this is an example of how elections have consequences. Because these are funds from the $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan. And the bill was written by Democrats. And no Republicans in the House of Representatives or the U.S. Senate voted for the bill. 212 Republicans in the House of Representatives voted no on the bill. I'm neither Democrat nor Republican, but sure as hell ain't stupid. I can see who consistently keeps voting against bills that we're for and policies we're for. And I can see who's writing the bills and who keeps consistently voting for policies and bills that we are for. And I keep seeing the ones who keep voting against the bills and policies we're for. The COVID-19 pandemic has disproportionately impacted the finances of many African-Americans, including student loan borrowers. And we talked about that here on this show before, number of times, African-American college students on average owe an average of $25,000 more in student loan debt than white college grads. And over 50% of African-American borrowers say uh, their net worth is less than what they owe on student loans. Okay, over 50% of African-American borrowers say their net worth is less than what they owe on student loans. Now, a number of historically black colleges and universities are stepping in to help alleviate the financial burden. With federal funding and private donations, these schools are wiping out uh, current students uh, account balances, including tuition and fees and giving them a fresh start giving them a fresh start now uh, Clark Atlanta University President George T French jr. said we're committing five million dollars assisting nearly 2,000 students with account balances he said the impetus of course was to help our students uh, to help our students and to make sure from a business from a financial implication uh, and to make sure from a business, from a financial implication posture, to make sure that we reduce our student debt so that they could matriculate and graduate, reduce our student debt so they could matriculate and graduate. Now uh, Clark Atlanta University in Georgia has near 4,000 students in total And it is one of the first HBCUs in the nation to use federal pandemic relief aid to clear balances for some of its students. They're using federal pandemic relief aid to clear balances for some of its students. Now, the school is not only canceling outstanding tuition balances, but they're also starting. uh, But also starting with the. 2020 spring term through the current semester, quote, if you have a dining or a residence hall balance, it will cover that, uh, President French uh, said. If you have a dining or a residence hall balance, it will cover that. So whatever balances that you have that would restrict you from coming to school We are removing those restrictions. We are removing those restrictions. Um, President George T. French of Clark Atlanta University said we are reinventing the college experience so that our students can graduate nearly debt-free. We are reinventing the college experience so that our students can graduate nearly debt-free. Now, during the COVID-19 pandemic, federal stimulus funds have enabled the U.S. Department of Education to make significant investments in under-resourced colleges and universities through the Higher Education Emergency Relief Fund, including more than $2.6 billion to HBCUs, including more than $2.6 billion dollars in HBCUs, and this largely comes from the $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan that no Republicans voted for. Now, Autumn Epps is a 20-year-old junior at Clark Atlanta University majoring in business administration. She says she and her fellow undergrads were stunned when they heard the school had wiped out their uh, unpaid uh, student balances thanks to federal stimulus money. Here's a picture of Autumn Epps. Okay, 20 year old junior, Clark Atlanta University, majoring in business. She said, When I found out, hold on, what happened here? She said, When I found out, I was speechless. She said, when I found out I was speechless, uh, she's also a student government president. She said, we were all surprised. We were like, is this real? Is this happening? We were all just talking about how it was such a blessing. Now Clark Atlanta University and other schools, including Ohio's Wilberforce, Hampton University in Virginia, and Louisiana's Grambling State University have sparked a movement that is currently sweeping across the u.s more than 20 historically black colleges and universities hbcus have cleared all or part of money owed for tuition and fees and experts say that number could grow and experts say that number could grow now Rodriguez murray is senior vice president for public policy and government affairs at the united negro college fund because a mind is a terrible thing to waste uh, he said hbcus provide these wraparound services this culture of caring about their students not just treating them like a number or bill payers and because of that history and that culture when the finances occurred from Congress in the coronavirus stimulus packages that uh, uh, that allow institutions that allow institutions the ability to pay off student debt and fees when the finances occurred from Congress in the coronavirus stimulus packages that allow institutions the ability to pay off student debt and student fees HBCU stepped up to the plate. Okay. Um, and we know the United Negro College Fund uh, helps fund uh, scholarships for African American students. We know Lou Rawls for years hosted the telethon for the UNCF. My mind is a terrible thing to waste. United Negro College Fund. Uh, Quote, I wouldn't be surprised if more institutions choose to utilize this fund to positively impact their students because we're still in the grips of the pandemic. okay, Uh, Rodriguez uh, Murray said. Now, many HBCUs, including Clark Atlanta University, have seen an outpouring of support from private donors as well. Uh, President, uh, French, uh, President of Clark Atlanta University said, along with other donations, his school received a $15 million gift from philanthropist Mackenzie Scott, the former, the former wife of Amazon founder, Amazon.com founder Jeff Bezos, and a $1 million gift from, uh, Chan, uh, Zuckerberg. Uh, uh, From the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative, a nonprofit organization owned by Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg and his wife, Priscilla Chan. Yet it is the federal pandemic stimulus money that has direct that has directly impacted the majority of Clark Atlanta uh, University students who have had their student loan debt canceled. The federal stimulus money federal pandemic stimulus, stimulus money, quote, I'm looking at all of these students who have no prior account balances and their heads are lifted and they're smiling as they began a new year. President French said, it makes me feel tremendously gratified on the inside. All right, so check out the rest of this uh, story here. This is an example of how elections have consequences. This is an example of how politics, politics is the legal distribution of scarce wealth power and resources and the writing of laws, statutes, ordinances, amendments, and treaties, the adoption, interpretation, and enforcement. So all those dumbasses out there telling you don't vote and all this all nonsense. You're playing right into the hand of Republicans who are trying to suppress your vote. Okay. And 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 they're not supporting bills. You can't on the one hand say you want reparations, but then say don't vote. You can't on the one hand say you want police reform, but then say don't vote. You can't say you want uh, student loan debts cleared and uh, make college affordable, and all this stuff, but then say don't vote. And if you've been following the moves from uh, Secretary of Education, Miguel Cardona just in the past few months, they've discharged about $8 billion in debt. They just did 115,000 people last week, week before that, it's about 300,000 people whose college uh, debt they uh, discharged. Uh was 115,000 people uh, last week dealing with, uh, who were victims of ITT tech because they've been uh, discharging the debt of a lot of people who were victimized by predatory colleges, for-profit colleges, predatory colleges. And we know that a lot of these for-profit colleges disproportionately targeted African-Americans and Hispanics, African-Americans and Latinos, and got them to take out exorbitant student loans. And then they go through the programs and things like this, And then don't get placed into jobs that have anything to do with their uh, uh, curriculum, with their uh, degrees or credentials or anything like this. And they end up defaulting oftentimes defaulting on student loan debt. Um, If we look at this one here. This is from uh, this is from August 19th. CNBC education department will cancel student debt for more than 320,000 borrowers, August 19, 2021 CNBC.com. The U S department of education announced Thursday that it will cancel $5.8 billion in student debt for more than 320,000 borrowers. The debt forgiveness will go to borrowers with a total with a, a total and permanent disability. And will automatically be granted using data already available to social to the Social Security Administration. Now, I don't know how many of this 320,000 African-Americans, but I do know that they're African-Americans who are disabled. Either either uh, permanently or partially disabled. And then when you then we're dealing with uh, predatory colleges. That is uh, something big that really hits us. The U.S. Department of Educa- uh, Education announced Thursday it will cancel 3.2 billion dollars in student debt for more than 320,000 borrowers. Uh, I make it granted. The Education Department said it also plans to stop asking these borrowers to continue sharing earnings data after they receive relief. Okay, read the rest of this one here. Okay, from CNBC.com. Then there was one from uh let's see which one was that. Uh okay, I think this is the same thing. Three hundred twenty thousand. Uh the average discharge loan amount is about eighteen thousand. Um so far, the Biden administration has forgiven about 8.7 billion dollars worth of student loan debt for roughly 450, 455,000 borrowers. This is an article from Fox 2 Detroit, fox2detroit.com, a local news station here in Detroit. You can check this one out as well. Hold on, let's bring this up. Biden administration cancels another $5.8 billion in student loan debt. Here, Here's who qualifies. Here, Here's who qualifies. In total, the Biden administration has forgiven uh, about $8.7 billion worth of student loan debt for roughly $450,000. Dollars. Every other week, they're coming out with another batch that they're discharging the debt for. So read that as well. All right, look, uh, if you like to stop a reformation, you support the African History Network. Dollar sign the AHN show through Cash App. Dollar sign the AHN show through Cash App. Also through PayPal. PayPal.me forward slash the AHN show. PayPal.me forward slash the AHN show. We have six days a week. This is a lot of work. This helps us keep doing the research, stay on the air, keep broadcasting, pay some of the bills, etc uh this is our official cash app account dollar sign the ahn show show dollar sign the ahn show show through cash app and when you go to it it'll say michael and show my picture there these other ones are fake african history network cash app accounts okay these are not me all right uh uh, we'll do an update on uh r kelly trial uh tomorrow we're out of time here and uh, i'm on roland martin filtered on Friday, and we have to do our show here. I'm on a rolling show for two hours, and then we have to do our show here also. Um, you can register for the 10 week online course that I teach on Saturdays from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power 1865 to 1968. Each class we go through and analyze about a 10 year period of history after, uh, uh, like, starting with the last year of the Civil War. To understand what happened to us after slavery ended, what were the laws and policies put in place to put us in the predicament we are today, and where do we go from here? So that's at our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Uh, on the homepage, click on uh, register here, and it takes you to the next page and just click on enroll. And as soon as you uh, register for the course, you can start watching uh, the content. We have a um, class from last week uh So, we have, we have some bonus content, and then uh we'll have class number one starting up. All right, so you can register for that. All right, we have to get out of here. Remember, the African History Network, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world. Because right now, it's correct for behavior it's Not over till we win. We're kind of forever. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. All right. Thanks. Thanks for watching.
1: Gain knowledge in minutes from insightful summaries of progressive and socially conscious books. Blacklisted gives you access to curated content that will satisfy your curiosity to learn and understand different perspectives. Empower yourself through inspirational and actionable ideas. It's easy to read or listen to on the go. Blacklisted. Empower yourself. Start your free trial today. Black on Purpose Television Network. Yes, Black on Purpose Television Network. All black, all positive, all the time. The largest black-owned streaming television network in the world. Bringing our people together worldwide. Controlling our messages, our stories, our ways. Black TV the way it should be. Black music, black history, and more. 30 plus channels, thousands of shows. Black on purpose television network. Subscribe now.
2: Hi, I'm Joel Wilson, president and CEO of JCW Computer Consulting LLC, a technology implementation firm with over 20 years of satisfying customers. We offer a full spectrum of industry top tier branded services. We are an authorized partner or reseller for Lenovo, Zoom, T Mobile, Microsoft 365, and Surface tablets, Google Workspace, Acer, Asus, Samsung, PC Matic security software, and many more. Our online store features laptops, Chromebooks, computers, printers, accessories, and software. Businesses, Take advantage of our free one-hour Zoom tech consultation and know we offer top nationwide high-speed internet service providers, voice over IP, and cellular phone services. Home users, don't miss our current in-stock Chromebook inventory. Please visit us at jcwcc.com or call 215-879-6701.
3: We all know the cannabis industry is headed toward an uprise in the past decade. What happens when there is a brand that brings this uprise in a blow? The cannabis industry welcomes her uprise. Hustle Her Hemp. Delivering excellence with pride is her watchword, and how you choose to embrace it makes it a priority. From cultivating rich cannabis into exquisite and tastefully finished CBD products to delivery, Hustler Hemp leaves no stone unturned. Hustle Her Hemp's mission is to empower women of color by building business and creating legacies, uniting beauty, health and business. We are a pure definition of how we want the CBD industry to become in the future. While we are redefining innovation, we bring the same energy to improving the quality of life. Hustle Her Hemp is the new Uprise.